Hey, Paul. That would have been fun, wouldn't it? Sack him at half-time, the- come back for a storming victory. This agenda cast is getting worse and worse, isn't it? Well, yeah, this well, is making I, still the way haven't, we- I, haven't for- I haven't forgiven him for the absolute disgrace that was his performance uh, uh, in United's defeat at West Ham. He should have been fired after that game. And uh, the amount of unbelievable revisionism that's going on after United uh, threw an absolute Hail Mary of 45 minutes against Newcastle is, uh, is amazing. He's suddenly a genius again. Uh, and Hail United... Moory. Yeah. It's a Hail Moory. <laughs> it's a Hail Moory, yeah. Um, uh, you know, absolute chaos. It wasn't tactical genius and, and Newcastle collapsed. But anyway, we can come back to that. Uh, how have you been this week? Yeah, good. I mean, I really enjoyed the second half of Newcastle against Manchester United. I did too. I thought it was amazing, yeah. but uh, I'm just not having the narrative that's being built up around it. It's hilarious, isn't it? I mean, you know, we're no doubt, we are no doubt guilty on this very podcast of allowing our predetermined opinion to occasionally shape the way we interpret events because we're humans and all humans do that for literally everything. But I would say that we try to apply some critical faculties even to our own opinions. Um, this is not what happens in the Mourinho truther world. <laughs> that's that's not a thing. Um All right, so talking of Jose Mourinho being actually secretly rubbish, um, the Valencia nil, Manchester United nil game was a complete dog of a performance from the old Red Devils. Oh, absolute dog of a performance, dog of a game. I mean, this is a Valencia side that um, had won what once in the Lega Liga up to that point, something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'd we'd, uh, talked about them having a very poor start to the season, uh, despite having a lot of talented players. And they came out looking like they had a lot of talented players, didn't they? And they kept the ball pretty well. United were a real mess. Really no performances of note from United in that game. Lukaku really struggled, didn't he? Man, he looked really so far out of form. It's not just he looked out of form. He looked like he'd he'd got two yards slower. I couldn't tell who was slower, him or Matic, because it was both it's both you know both awful performances but just like lethargic the ball wasn't moving at times pogba had it and he's throwing his arms up ronaldo style because nobody ahead of him was moving um, mm. yeah and that was the kind of performance we'd come to expect from jose's team Hashtag #agenda it was kind of interesting actually and he played sanchez on the right something people have been calling for a lot and that I mean, Sanchez was maybe a little better in that game than he'd been. Of course, made a very telling contribution against Newcastle, for which he was dropped again, interestingly. It's just, it's all weird. Mourinho playing a front three of Rashford, Martial and Lukaku in the year of our Lord 2018. Anyway, um... Lukaku looked like a man desperately in need of a rest in that game. To me, that's, that's like... It just looked like he really needs some time off, basically. Maybe the inter- has he gone away with? I bet he has gone away with the international team, hasn't he? Because there's no yeah. way he's going to pull the old Giggsy hamstring. Um, have have, have no, Belgium got any? These aren't serious games. I mean, Nations League games, but I mean, he really does need a rest. He's yeah. just played so much football, and uh, it really looks like it's showing now. United had 18 shots in that game, um, only four on target. Um, which, I don't know, tells you something. It, it was just, it was a terrible performance. And the less said about it, the better. I mean, it's it's also quite a bad result, um, let alone a bad performance. Um, in terms of, like, accidentally ending up in the Europa League, this is a real possibility. Well, yeah, there's only two results you want, go through or go out. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, double header against Juve coming up, isn't it? 
I think so, and then the and then the return fixture against Valencia, who, by the way, if they were any good, would have absolutely battered us in that. Yeah, because they I were very nice so. up to up to the final third, weren't they? And then just yeah. weren't able to create the right kind of chances and had a couple of good ones. And um, but uh, for all their sort of neat football up to there, it sort of broke down. Which, given the the talent they've got in attacking areas, you wouldn't have thought it that would happen. I mean, they've got plenty of international quality players in forward areas. Mm. But they are playing uh, Coquelin on the uh, right mid- of midfield, like yeah. playing him on the right of a 4-4-2. So, you That's know, pretty bad. They've got, they've got problems, haven't they? Um, Manchester United, transfer rumour, alumnus, Ezkiel, Garay, uh, played really well in that game, actually, I thought. Yeah, but he had the Marcus statue. actual... <laughs> He looks better than any of our actual centre backs. Um, Eric Bay was all right in this game. More of that later. <laughs> oh dear. Oh Eric. Oh Eric. All right, come on. Let's let's talk about the absolute theatre of beautiful nonsense that was Manchester United three, Newcastle United two. Well, easy, easy, <laughs> easy. That's right. We we gave them a two goal lead just to toy with them. Before that, though, we've got to talk about. Uh, what what happened in the build up to the game, haven't we? And with uh, of course, uh, um, uh, story in the mirror published saying that uh, Mourinho was going to be sacked, whatever the result against Newcastle. And the only thing, the only, like, if there was only one way that that wouldn't have come to pass, and it was an absolutely insanely dramatic three goal fight back, which is like, you know, if we'd won this game two nil, he could have said thank you for all your efforts, but. You can't sack a manager after that, can you? No, you just wait till the next <laughs> up and then you do it. If if that's the plan, it's hard to tell because it felt like didn't didn't it feel like the typical Edward Wood playbook, uh, the one 100%. he'd pulled out against uh, David Moyes, in which he'd let the press know first, and uh, and uh, Van Hal, in which he'd let the press know first, and just gave Van Hal the the wink on the way up the steps at Wembley. All right, you're out, son. Um, yeah. Surprised he didn't have Mourinho dash out the dressing room at that point to come and lift the FA Cup. Um, so yeah, it totally felt like the snake that is Ed Woodward. Um, yeah, and uh, well, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, um, uh, after after Mourinho's sort of trumpy performance in the press conference afterwards, in which he played the victim card and said they were out to get him, and um, uh, I can't remember exactly what words he used, but uh, uh, manhunt. manhunt, manhunt, he used manhunt about 20 times, didn't he? Mm. Um, and uh, other words, you know, referencing uh, uh, uh people, um, have apparently having said things. So we'll see. I, I just it felt a bit calculated for me. So after that, I was like, hmm, I wonder if Mourinho had placed that story himself just to uh, toy with the uh. The board, because of course, you know he's he's actually holding a lot of cards here, Mourinho. Despite the fact that um, his team is uh, seemingly going backwards at times and um, not uh, not in the place it should be, uh, he's he's got a he just signed a contract extension, so it's going to cost United a lot of money to fire him. Um, the thing about that story that was really interesting as ever is is almost the, the reaction to the story where you have swathes of people just kind of going, oh, just making stuff up. And it's like, it's just not how it works. That's just not how it works. I'm not saying... I mean, football writing and football journalism 
um, has itself to blame for a lot of the criticism it receives because of the way it handles the transfer season and because of how much interest is generated by the transfer market. And so football publications really lean into rumour extremely heavily to generate clicks. But this isn't that. This is a journalist who is the lead football writer, all right, for the Daily Mirror, which is a a tabloid newspaper. But the truth is that the the sports sections of tabloid newspapers employ actual journalists with actual connections to Mm. get actual stories to sell their newspapers. McDonald. McDonald used to publish United's starting eleven ahead of time every week until Danny Welbeck left United. Um, and, but the, but the thing about it is, um, this is this is he's a, a journalist with sources, and there is at least as at least as likely a chance that Edward would got drunk and phoned him up and said, "I don't know, I was sacking whatever happens Saturday. Hate him. He's stupid." No, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Look, um, I, I agree with you uh, with the assessment around the transfer season, and that um, that has caused a lot of um, suspicion around the football pages. You know, I definitely don't agree that there is some kind of rampant fake news. Uh, problem in the mainstream press because uh, that's typically not how press source their stories, you know. And um, I think if the sports pages double-sourced every transfer rumour, they'd cut down on an awful lot of the crap. They'd also run out of clicks in the summer when they actually haven't got games to publish, you know. So um, they could make it a lot better for themselves if they wanted, but financially it's just not worth it, I assume. This is a a story, so he's he's certainly sourced it. Uh, He probably hasn't double-sourced it, and I agree with the source of the probable briefing um but uh which is kind of interesting so um anyway we maria is clearly not going to go this week um but there's just a hell of a tough run coming hell of a tough run coming for united so you know chelsea and juve and juve again and we've got city coming up not too distant future so um i'm afraid there's been a lot of bad results against quite a lot of mediocre opposition um, and United are now going to have to step it up against tougher opposition. So one of the people who reacted very prominently to the uh, to the story breaking was Gary Neville on Sky Sports News. Now, very often, I find Gary Neville's take on things extremely frustrating. Um, he said, for example, the problems at United all started when they sacked David Moyes, which is insane nonsense because the problem started when they appointed David Moyes. I mean, the problem started, you know, you can argue about the the ultimate source of the problem on a deep existential level, but in terms of the managerial merry-go-round, right, it's the appointment of David Moyes is at least as much responsible for the problem as the sacking of him. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. The ownership... The focus on uh, on commercials uh, and not football, the piling on of the debt. Uh, we did a whole special on all of that and uh, Ferguson's horse bunk row. Um, so, yeah, all a massive cause. You know, billion billion pounds sucked out of the club in the last 12 years, 13 years or so. Yeah, that's a huge factor. Uh, then there's appointing David Moyes. Um, I'm not sure that is. There's maybe a tiny, 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 tiny fraction. Um, you could say, "Whoa, 
well, maybe uh, maybe sacking him caused some problems. Uh, I'm thinking it solved many, 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 many more problems <laughs> than firing him. Um, yeah. Lots of money wasted in the transfer market. Plenty of you know, money spent on not great players sometimes. Um, and then some terrible managerial appointments. And then you can get down and say, well, Mourinho's failed in his mission. Um, outside of all that, has he achieved as much as he should or could have with the resources at his disposal and i'd say no and you know um i'm not one to uh read too much into 45 minutes against newcastle but if you wanted to read something into it it's that with the shackles unleashed and manchester united desperate to attack they actually play some fun football and scored three goals you know a bit like Um, against crystal palace and a bit like against manchester city and we'll come back to the game against Newcastle for sure. But the, the the Neville point where I was having a pop at him for a bad opinion, I kind of wanted to say, like, I actually thought an awful lot of what he said on Friday night was really spot on and a sentiment that would be shared by tons and tons of Manchester United fans, even those of us who are like bordering on desperate to see the back of Jose Mourinho because he's so depressing and toxic. Um, but the thing that I completely agreed with him about is the disgrace, like... It, Neville said, I was furious three or four years ago when David Moyes was sacked and it broke a day before to journalists. I think of Louis van Gaal being sacked on the evening of an FA Cup final and finding it out from other people. I think about how the club is operated. If this is true, and we don't know if it is, and Jose Mourinho is going to walk out at Old Trafford on Saturday almost as a dead man walking, those fans will absolutely turn towards that boardroom. It's unacceptable. Um, I have to say, Jose Mourinho will get the biggest support he's ever had in his life in that ground, and I'll be there to give it to him. If it's true and it's broken the day before it's going to happen and he's going to be sacked at the weekend it's an absolute disgrace where are the values and principles of Manchester United if this is true uh, he then goes on about how Jose Mourinho is a good manager and that part I don't agree with but he said enough is enough for me I absolutely love that football club I absolutely love it to death it's been my life it's given me everything and I'm not turning in my foot on my football club but I have to say something has to change and it isn't the manager it's above that I mean again like Neville doesn't half tend to go black and white on these things because I think both things probably have to change. Um, but the the bit about this being a complete anathema to those of us who actually think that United at some point did stand for something, uh, I couldn't agree with more. Yeah, true. It's a hell of a long time since that was true, mind you. Yeah, uh, and yeah. Uh, and you know, I, I do think, and uh, we were in the WhatsApp, uh, the Rent Towers WhatsApp group beforehand, saying, you know, if this is true. Uh, and and Woodward has done that, you know, this is just really low. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I so I agree with Neville's point in about you know, 90% of the substance of it. Um, but I, st- I still think Mourinho has to go. And I think he'd have been justified in firing him after West Ham because that was, uh, that was self-immolation. You know, I, yeah. I'm not having any other assessment other than that. That was Mourinho making a point. And I think that will happen again, you know, and, and so Woodward probably realises this. He doesn't need to rush. Chelsea, Juve, Everton, we're at Bournemouth, Juve, City. That's our next month, you know. United yeah. could lose five of those games um, and uh, the crisis is well and truly back on. 
Yeah, and or you know they could pull out brilliant results in those games, and then you can say, okay, well, those of us who thought it was all over had reacted too quickly, and actually that that Mourinho has got the capacity to get this dressing room working for him and playing with him and playing his style of football. I think that's a huge long shot, but we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. So. Talking of huge long shots, I think it was a huge long shot, even in our straightened circumstances, that Newcastle would be 2-0 up after, what, 10 minutes um, against United. And then it became a real long shot that United would end up winning the game. But both of those things, in fact, happened. What on earth happened? Why were we so bad at the beginning of that game? And what changed? Well, United had come out of the gate pretty slowly in the last couple of games. Um, uh, well, uh, the last couple of Premier League games. Um, managed to start the game at West Ham with seven at the back and uh, on the back foot. Uh, this time, I, I think Newcastle did the right thing. I think we all assumed that Newcastle would just sit back because that's what Benitez does in yeah. these big games. Um, but he's seen United uh, weak when attacked um, and have a have a tendency to uh, go into the shell. So Newcastle were at it pretty early and you know a couple of neat goals and some really bad defending. So, I mean, the Kennedy no. goal's a nice finish, isn't it? You know, he's, yeah. he's turned around. And a nice turn as well. Like, yeah, he does turn, turn himself out of yeah. trouble. Yeah. Loads of people hammering Eric Bailly for that goal. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's nice footwork. I mean, Bailly's obviously not in great form at the moment. Um, no. And uh, I, I don't, I'm not sure that was necessarily true when Mourinho first started targeting him last spring. <laughs> right? You know, with that bizarre... <laughs> Bizarre uh, uh, justification that he was um, not off to the World Cup, so other players had to play their way into the national squads. Seemed very odd since he wasn't playing Lindelof either. Uh, or, or Anthony Martial. Or Anthony Martial, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I didn't buy that one. Uh, but clearly, by he's not been in great form this season. Uh, but he's in and out of the team. It's very hard to play your way into form um, when that's the case. And, and so... You know, he 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 got turned. I I I I don't know whether the change after the second goal. I mean, it's very early before twenty minutes when Wan Mata came on was necessarily a, a reaction to Bai because if that was the case and Mourinho was actually backing his tactics, he'd have just swapped a defender for a defender. But he didn't. He shifted the um, he shifted the actual shape uh, as well and moved yeah. Wan Mata into central midfield. So you know, he knew at that point it, his goose was cooked unless United turned it around. So the first thing he does is he takes off um, by and puts McTominay in the centre of defence, which I guess we were 2-0 down at that point. What's the worst that can happen? Mourinho's thinking, well, if I roll the dice and it works, that's all very well. And if I roll the dice and it doesn't work, that is literally tens of millions of pounds coming to me for getting sacked. So it's all fine, isn't it? Is it gross misconduct to put Scott McTominay in a back four for the second time in two Premier League games in a row? I'm not sure that that is technically gross misconduct, even if it's gross football misconduct. I mean, look, I'm not being mean about Scott McTominay because actually Mourinho then chucked him under the bus later, didn't he? And with his comments after the uh, Newcastle game. Um, but uh, Scott McTominay, you know, he's pushing it to say he's a Manchester United quality central midfielder. He's very, very young. Maybe he'll grow into it. Um, I suppose he's no more or no less dynamic than Nemanja Matic, who's extremely undynamic, is that a word? is now um 
but there's zero evidence ever in the history of Scott McTominay being alive on this planet that he's a Premier League quality central defender. But somehow we didn't concede any goals for the rest of that half, which was, you know, fortunate, really. Um, and then at halftime, McTominay comes off uh, and Maron Fellaini comes on instead and Matic goes into the centre of de- defence. And we are playing, uh, we've gone from this kind of 4-2-2-2 uh, with Martial and Lukaku playing up front together. Um, and then we go, then he rolls the dice for the final time in the 66th minute. And brings on Alexis Sanchez. And at this point, um, I'm, I'm looking at this on Who Scored, and on Who Scored it says that we go to a four-three-three with um, uh, Shaw, Matic, Smalling, Young across the back four, Fellaini, Pogba, Mata in midfield, and Martial, Lukaku, and Sanchez up front. And there were times when Pogba was in midfield, but that's not the formation we went to, nope. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it was the classic back three that we've all been calling out for of Matic, Smalling, and Pogba playing in a back <laughs> three. Tactical together. genius. Tactical genius. Yeah. This is Listen. this is one of the reasons why I just wasn't having this narrative of Mourinho's a genius because United went to that formation, you know. And um, and it was just absolute hail mary football. This is this is two seconds before the you know fourth down and ninety, and two seconds before the final whistle, and some guys like launched it, and they've they've managed to win the Super Bowl. Is that did I get that analogy right? <laughs> I think that's pretty close. Yeah, I think that's close. This is the longest longest of long moonshots. Uh, yeah. and, and, and like everything paid off for United, you know, but and, and they didn't even score until the 70th minute. You know. The thing is, like, um, Pogba was brilliant from that point forward in this game. Absolutely brilliant. It looked it looked like a good decision, partly because, like, Newcastle stopped putting any pressure on United at all. And Pogba just, like, could effortlessly carry the ball half the length of the pitch. Well, quite, yeah. And Newcastle became the side they'd been all season and just retrenched. You know? Yeah. Um, at, at this point, then the goals start flying in and they are beautiful. That Juan Mata free kick, oh, oh, it gave me the good feelings that did. Well, steady on, steady on. <laughs> the good football feelings, the good, clean, fun football feelings. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. No, lovely free kick. And uh, I'm sure the HG on that one is super low but um, from that angle. But uh, just uh, skidded it across the turf, didn't he? Up and over the wall and low to the keeper's left. He was so important to everything good that happened in yeah, he the was second great. half of that game. He was great, no. Matt. In, in, not in a number 10 role either, in a central midfield role. 94% of his 31 passes completed. Like, just just the having someone in there that doesn't give the ball away, so useful. And his movement off the ball uh, when, when United are in attack is, is very often kind of dynamic and penetrative. And it's nice, after such a long goal drought, that he's got a couple in... in short shrift and especially nice given that he'd written a really sad blog post with no hugs in it on the Monday before um so you know it was it was good to see he was much happier this week and then I enjoyed just as much the uh, this is this is the player that Mourinho chased out of Chelsea and the one that he's done his level pegging best well two that he's done his level pegging best to chase out of Man United combining in the second goal to save him as Pogba with an absolutely brilliant flick 
Rio Ferdinand saying Pogba was too flicky flicky the other day. Um, Pogba showing why it's good to be flicky flicky sometimes. Well, he got an assist uh, with a flicky flicky the other day as well. So, yeah, he's a, he's well, a I don't, I don't like this fancy French football getting assists <laughs> all over the place. That's not very Rio either. I feel like it's... Um, anyway, that's a, that's a whole other thing. Oh, yeah, Paul Scholes more or less calling for Mourinho to be sacked after uh, after West Ham. It's kind of interesting. Anyway, um, beautiful pass from Pogba and superb finish from Martial and Mata Pogba and Martial combined to save Mourinho's job. Yeah, uh, stunning. Uh, just just amazing. And, I mean, part, part of me thinks that... Uh, Given that there were stories even today of um, the dressing room being split about Mourinho, uh, that this was l- less tactics and less Mourinho than desperation by some players who were like, oh, f- we better actually play for once, you know? And there's certainly been criticism of players that they haven't given enough or they haven't won it enough or there's not enough passion. Mm. Um, and I don't buy all of that, but there's some of that. Um, but there certainly wouldn't be that criticism after that second half um, where they threw caution to the wind and tactics be damned and, and uh, you know, went for it and a bit fortunate, you know, <laughs> uh, getting the free kick and when Matt uh, ramming that one in and, and uh, Newcastle, like, you know, after all the good stuff they'd done, um, just retreating to their own area. But uh, United took chances in a way that frequently don't. And Alexis Sanchez, weirdly, whose United career so far has been absolutely terrible in general, has had a really majorly important role in the two times we've come back from 2-0 down to win 3-2 while he's been here because uh, he scored the winner and, and he tried to t- he went to take his shirt off and then he was like, no, no I really don't want a yellow card and didn't. Um, uh, but it was great. It was like a fantastic cross, a really good header. There's so much kind of drive and determination in Sanchez's header, wasn't there? And... and one of the things that you know, I mean, I know this is this is extremely like shaping the narrative to serve my pre-existing agenda. But one of the things this shows yet again is the notion that United don't have any quality in their side is utter drivel. Mata Pogba and Martial linking up. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Look... There's there's loads of quality. There's loads of quality. You just need to let the horses run freely, uh, and they'll start scoring goals. I mean, the uh, the interesting thing about that was. Um, uh, obviously, matters a piece of individual brilliance, and often United relied on individual brilliance under Mourinho, you know, much more than any kind of attacking pattern. And there really aren't attacking patterns uh, in in Mourinho's team. And uh, but the, the the second and the third goal were very good team goals, you know. Mm. Uh, and it wasn't just individual brilliance, or maybe it's individual brilliance in combining to make a team goal. Um, so it's there. It's there. They certainly can. And this is this is why I just can't buy into the narrative that somehow this is a turnaround and United are going to start, you know, becoming world beaters. Um, well, you know, I and, mean, and Mourinho's a genius. I think there's there's too much um, has has gone wrong and not been done uh, for that narrative to be uh, to be true. And that's not to say I didn't thoroughly enjoy uh, that second half performance because I did. But, it was yeah. brilliant. It was it was brilliant, and and I agree completely that this is a hail Murray, like that hundred percent. That's what happened. But the fact that we pulled together two team goals, the shape did work. 
the kind of very odd shape with Pogba basically, I mean, literally playing as a libero, that that really did work. And and like him and Mata were able to kind of link up and create, you know, interesting movement, interesting patterns of play. Sanchez played on the right again. It was really nice. I thought that Mourinho didn't take Martial off. That that was kind of a relief. Um, took off Rashford instead, which I, I wouldn't have guessed would have been the sub. Um, so that was that was kind of good. Um, and and that worked out for him. So. So I don't think he, you know, it was a well-executed Hail Murray, uh, but definitely one. I mean, the, looking at the XG is real good. Uh, United um, considerably higher XG than Newcastle by the end of things. Uh, but 13 of United's 18 shots in the second half of that game, which is a, a very substantial percentage. <laughs> um, and uh, apart from the, the Marcus Rashford header, which I was surprised had, Real big XG. Uh, the Matic miss. Oof. Yeah. We blazed it Lashed over the bar over, off that yeah. rebound. Yeah, yeah. And that was I mean, I, I think painful. Rashford headers, six yard out and central. That's that's why it's uh, it's high XG on that one. This is one of those games that, that breaks the model somewhat, doesn't it? Um, with United scoring uh, from low XG chances. Yeah. Um, 0.07 for the Mata goal, 0.05 for the Martial goal, but uh, big, big XG for the Sanchez header. Uh, anyway, um, I mean, the thing, the Old Trafford was absolutely rocking. Um, Neville was absolutely right. Mourinho was got vocal support throughout that game. There were there was signs shown on television that said uh, that some kid had a sign that said Woodward is a loser, Mourinho is a winner, and someone else had a sign saying still united with Mourinho, um, and that makes gives some credence to the nonsense conspiracy theory that Mourinho uh, released this story to get the crowd on his side. Just <laughs> so if that turns out to be true, I'm gonna be so happy. <laughs> It'll be um, great, yeah. Um, um, yeah, sure, but I, I don't think the United crowd would have been anything other than that, you know. Um, no, I mean, I suppose people wouldn't have brought signs. If if the referee had... It'd be interesting to see what had happened. If the referee had given the penalty, uh, which should have been given, by the way, we had uh, your favourite VAR, uh, where Ashley Young stuck his hand out, it would have been a penalty to Newcastle at... Uh, <laughs> 2-0. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was so funny because the ref gave a goal kick, which is so unfair. Because, like, like, the ball comes flying over and Ashley Young definitely shoves... He's, like, jumping slightly one direction. He definitely shoves his elbow out and hits the ball and then it bounces off record. But, like, the fact that he didn't get a corner for it, the ignominy... I mean, he's got at right angles. Um, yeah, yeah. Completely mental, um, but but yeah, what would have happened in the second half? Because you have to have been cooked at that point. There's there's no coming back from three 0 down, um, and uh, well, you wouldn't have thought so. No, and, and would the he's, crowd have he's been Istanbul, mate? <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, no, I mean that's absolutely. Uh, I, Mourinho was very lucky, very very lucky, and afterwards behaved in the kind of self-pitying, desperate manner that you would expect a personality like him to behave. And, you know... Supreme Court judge waiting to happen, that man is. (laughs) Yeah, he's got the temperament for it, apparently. Um, This is... This is... I don't I don't see anything whatsoever in that game that suggests everything is fine now. Yeah. I, I mean, 
like like uh, Ryan Lockwood from Chicago sends me uh, emails often during the matches and after the matches said it's absolutely ridiculous that that last four, 45 minutes invalidates the last 350 or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, you know. right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, after we, we talked a little bit uh, about Mourinho's uh, interviews and press conference afterwards, it's just the, the thing that really grated, and again, I really enjoyed the game, so no need to email me and tell me Mm-mm. that you'll see me next Tuesday, as Mm-mm. many people on Twitter have done. You know, I enjoyed the moment. But the self-entitlement, the pity, the paranoia, and I suppose it's not paranoia if they're out to get you, you know, but um, I, I just, like, it's just really great. It really great, you know. He couldn't have just enjoyed it and said, yeah, I know this pressure, uh, but well done to the players. Um, you know, great fight back. We're really going to enjoy this and we're going to try and move on from here. You know, he couldn't do that, could he? It had to be about him. It had to be all about him and the Jose Mourinho circus. You know, and it's and of course, uh, when United don't get the results that uh, he might want, or if United don't get the results he might want against City, Chelsea and twice against Juve in the next month, then it won't be about him at all. It'll be about whatever player didn't defend right or you know the referee or the pitch or the color of the shirts or the fa or the fixtures or injuries or any one of 50 other excuses he makes when things don't go his way you know i don't see how you can have it both ways i just don't you know i think the scrutiny on his job uh, and his role and his performance in manchester united's results is completely fair it's the biggest club in the world what did he expect Absolutely. Quick shout out to Paul Pogba uh, for being brilliant in that game. Um, yeah. 87 passes attempted, 78 of which found found a man. Two key passes, including a brilliant assist, driving force from centre-back, his natural role. <laughs> well, uh, you know, maybe we found ourselves a new centre-back after all. I mean, there is that quote, isn't there, from when Mourinho took over, who's like, oh, he'd be a great centre-back when Pogba signed. <laughs> so he's finally, finally got his wish. Um yeah, anyway, uh, good luck to everyone who thinks that this proves they're right about Mourinho. Um, and uh, I hope you're right, because it'd be lovely if Manchester United could have one manager for ages and he turns out to be really good and isn't miserable. But, you know, this this result has boring and broken record like as it makes me feel to say it. This is a result in spite of Jose Mourinho, not because of him. Yeah. Sure. With a little bit, with a little tiny sprinkling of credit for how much his bizarre tactical shifts worked in the end. It's genius, mate. It was uh, all planned genius. Shall we move so, on to some questions? Yeah, let's do it because I think that's all we've got for the rest of the show, isn't it? Yeah. International break next. Boo. Boo. Especially since Mourinho's not getting sacked. Double boo. Nations Could League, innit? So- could have been so fun. At Craig English, 92, friend of the show, says, how much oh. does the drain owe us on the Tony Martial deal? That's a good... Uh, I don't get it, because... Craig, we poured the money down the drain. We gave it to the drain. The drain doesn't owe us any money back. It, it, Tony Martial's paid his fee in kind a million times over. Or something. Almost. Almost. Isn't he... Did that goal Did that goal release another block of fee to Monaco? I think it might have done. <laughs> Maybe it, it did, yeah. yeah. Maybe it did. 
How hilarious is it that Moose Ass was saved by three ASS? Uh, saved by three players, he's done his best to push out and alienate. Blah 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 blah. Says uh, Mika Letonen, uh, regular uh, now regular contributor to Twitter questions. Yes, it was hilarious, and I mentioned this in a WhatsApp chat to Ed, and then he stole it off me and put it on Twitter, and then someone else sent it to me. Uh, no, I sent it to someone else on WhatsApp, and they said, "Oh, good steal off Ed." There, I was like, "Oh yeah," and then Ed accused me of being a lurker on Twitter. I know what you're talking about, mate. Just stop stealing and. Uh, not giving credit where it's due. <laughs> and stop lurking as well. It's it's kind of weird. You're a joke thief. Weirdo. Weirdo. You look outside windows. No, but my as thing well. my thing happens. The thing that you're accusing me of doesn't actually Well no, happen. you do lurk on Twitter. Um <laughs> is Paul Pogba the best centre back in the world, says uh, at uh, underscore Taylor Ben. I'd have him over any other centre back, no question. Mm. I, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm thinking his talents uh, may be wasted there, but you know, you never know. I mean, you know, listen, bring back the libero. Franz Beckenbauer was a good midfielder. So was Rude Hullet. Yeah, 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 yeah. From a bygone era, that one. Um, Michael Warburton, so friend of the show, says, uh, "Is the Pogba Mourinho reproachment for real? No. Uh, do we uh, date our current problems from the Edwards taking us?" To become a PLC, um, not quite. No, I mean, I, I guess um, when uh, when we first went public, we didn't actually get that much money for it, but it helped uh, build the uh, Stratford End when they uh, converted it into an all-seater stadium. Um, uh, you know, it allowed for a takeover to happen. That's always going to be true when you, you're a public company. Uh, Mangia, SAF, Horse, Debacle, uh, or Woodward getting the job. All of them, all of them contributed to the long narrative uh, that led us to the Glazer family uh, and what they've mm-hmm. done. Chong or Greenwood, who excites you more? Greenwood, what a lovely player. Chong's very exciting, but uh, I think Greenwood's uh, destined for uh, big things. Signed a new contract, as did Ethan Laird, who is also apparently destined for big things. Although, we did bonus content last week on uh, the last 10 years worth of winners of Youth Team Awards at United. And it is extraordinary to see how uh, not one of them, in fact, has made it at United. Uh, I mean, yet in some cases, but the year before Danny Welbeck uh, won it. And Danny Welbeck is someone whose career people often sort of look at as being a disappointment, but it's by far the best professional football career of anyone who's won the United's Player of the Year award in the last 10 years, 11 years. Yeah. Although, so, so yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, I guess so. There's a couple of challenges for that, but you're right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's such a, it's such a long shot uh, making it at the top. United, as we said on the bonus content, United have a good record of getting players into a career. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for me, the answer to the question is probably Greenwood also, because he just looks at this point like he could be the absolute real deal. Yeah. Uh, does it, This is still Michael Warburton. He's, he's asked five questions here, which is cheating, Michael. Cheating. <laughs> Michael. And My uh, we may not uh, take another question from you until uh, after the international break. Um, <laughs> uh, does the Dan <laughs> want us well, what or Juve? Uh, I mean, like, does Dan clearly, want us or Juve? He wants us, clearly. I... I, I, I <laughs> You know, you know, we're we're the pretty girl he's having second thoughts about because you know, 
but, but he wants us. He wants us. Eddie Howe is our next manager. Uh, no, I don't think uh, it's a very conservative club. I don't imagine for one moment that United will do anything other than hire a pretty big name in the world of football. The thing is, what's really sad about it is um, now I don't know whether Eddie Howe would be a good manager of Manchester United or not. But it's sort of um, one of the arenas in which I do slightly agree with Gary Neville is that there is it's worth trying um, to build for the long term. And someone like Howe, if he did give a good interview, if he had, a, if he made it clear that the kind of the, the things that you would doubt about whether he could make it at the top were something that he thought about and given, you know, credence to working with the big name players, working under the spotlight, all these kind of things. Um, I wouldn't be averse to the club. I'm not saying like, oh, sack Mourinho and bring in Eddie Howe. That would be the solution to our problems. But I wouldn't be averse to us thinking long term in that way. And and almost the difference between him and Moyes is about attitude and general approach. And, you know, Moyes, Moyes seemed like a bad fit on all counts. Mm. Just to go back, sorry, to I, I know I bang on about Gary Neville all the time. But one of the things that he said on the second captain's interview, which directly relates to, because he made the same point there about United's problems go back to the kind of sacking of David Moyes. Because what he said was, United have always built on long-term British managers and, and David Moyes represented them continuing the tradition. And at this point, irritates me so much because... Um, the last time that they appointed a manager before David Moyes was 1986, when literally every single team in the British Isles was managed by a British manager. That's not like some glorious United tradition. That's just the fact that we hadn't appointed a manager since uh, managers from around the world had arrived in on English shores. Yeah, and the timescale, well, there were a few uh, post-Busby who didn't get a lot of time. You know. Absolutely. Dave Sexton was sacked because the football was too boring and there was no long-term planning when they appointed Ron Atkinson. He was just the anti-David Sex, Dave Sexton. So Yeah, anyway, and, and a big racist as well. Um, well, yeah, quite. <laughs> United is a media company trading on the New York Stock Exchange, makes $250 million from affinity marketing partners that use its online brand to drive social media traffic and less than $75 million by the club on match days, i.e. makes more dollars, pounds... Don't know why I said dollars. I just assumed uh, New York Stock Exchange yeah. isn't it? pounds from uh, ABU's laughing at us on Snapchat than by winning matches. Discuss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know where you're coming from here. I, I mean, look, it's uh, they talk about brand reach all the time. They talk about uh, was it sixteen six hundred ninety million six hundred ninety million followers from a, a cancer survey. Um, and a very careful use of the word there because I think in, amongst that 690 million were people who uh, look out for United results, including a lot of haters. So, yeah, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fair point. Of course, what people, what those brands really want, of course, is that reach, um, but, you know, they want the, the glory of association with United. That said, and it keeps coming back to bite Woodward, you know, that comment he made, a couple of years ago when referencing Liverpool's success in commercial markets without any success on the pitch. And he said it has, you know, success on the pitch or lack of success on the pitch has no material effect on the ability to drive business from commercials. You know, and that's that's kind of sad, but it's kind of where the world is and, and money from broadcast and commercial far outstrips um, match day. And that's why the club has uh, been able to freeze... Ticket prices, not because they care about fans, is because it, it's increasingly worth little. 
Uh, who was that question from? It's a really good question. From Nigel Manton. Uh, I think this might be a first-time questioner. Yeah, that's uh, not a name I recognise. Hi, Nigel, good question. Who will we play in centre-back next? Are we running out of midfielders to go there? So it's uh, Matt <laughs> Vinny. I, I think Juan Massa would do that. Do great there. I mean, uh, Paul yeah. Parker yeah. made it at centre-back. Or he, he was he was libero for England in the 1990 World Cup. You know, Paul Parker was like was three he? foot tall. Yeah. Paul Parker didn't play libero for England in the 1990 World Cup. Mark Wright did. Ah, okay. Well, he was one of the three at the back. Um, and then came to United as a right back. I'm pretty sure I remember that correctly. Uh, All right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wayne Matter. Um, I mean, Lukaku needs a break from trying to score goals. Maybe he could. He did a brilliant goal line clearance, uh, like the block off the line with his knee. Was that against Valencia or Newcastle? It all blends into one. I think it was against Newcastle, but it was really good. It was against Newcastle. The defending for that was so bad. <laughs> Mourinho is so like I know, I know there, there must be so many people. First of all, you have to take some of this with a pinch of salt. You have to remember that like a lot of the time we are being silly because that's part of what we do on this podcast. Um, it must be so annoying for people that like Mourinho listening to this. Yeah, well, yeah, well, he gets no, no credit for anything and hammered for everything he does wrong. Uh, true, but uh, well, <laughs> tough. <laughs> We're yeah. not the BBC. We don't have to. Present everything is equally weighted. We should do a bonus no. content on the BBC because uh, much as I'm a big supporter of the BBC, that thing of presenting every argument as an equal weight, it's destroying the UK. Create Brexit, I tell you. Anyway. Uh, That's true. <laughs> rant over. Uh, do you think that this is the definitive end of Eric Bailly at United or uh, under Jose at least, says uh, Motion Arane 91 I, I don't know. It's hard to say because... Um, Jose, I think, I mean, let's just say he lasts at United uh, beyond the next few weeks and beyond next yeah. summer. It would take uh, United spending money on a central defender that he finds acceptable, which means one that's like 28, 29, 30. Um, and that seems to be, I think, the clubs he's reluctant to do. Uh, yeah, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why the chances of him lasting beyond next summer are, must be absolutely astronomical at this point. Um, I don't think he's done at United. And there's some people who are very frustrated with Eric Bailly, um, and he's definitely got flaws in his game. Um, but I th- think there's a lot of growth still to come from him. And Mourinho did give him an absolutely massive hug as he was coming off the pitch, and he doesn't do that to everyone. So it was clearly a bit of kind of like, oh, come on, it'll be all right, it'll be all right. Mm. Noel underscore Shadju says, uh, why didn't De Gea get a place in the 30-member list of the Ballon d'Or? And Alisson did. Good question, this one, because obviously uh, De Gea's been in outstanding form. I, 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 I suspect it's solely because of his sort of perceived poor form at international level. Uh, and perceived? During, <laughs> and during the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think I think that the fact that Pogba is on the shortlist for the Ballon d'Or shows how ridiculously heavily the World Cup weights on something like that. Um, and uh, I mean, the, Alisson being on there is weird. I think Alisson being on there is weirder than David de Gea not being on there essentially, because I, I, I think given given de Gea basically chucked a couple in on one in the build up to the World Cup and then one during the World Cup into his own net means that his United form is going to probably be ignored. And also, we should not give the Ballon d'Or any publicity because football is a team sport and individual awards in football are dumb. Yeah. 
here's one of the uh, one for the Jose Truthers. Uh, Bill Sheeran says, "Do you think there's a genuine rule for everyone but Mourinho with his latest FA charge?" Uh, Pontus of Leeds swore whilst being interviewed, Klopp was kicking water bottles around. They were never charged, or is, and Jose is, or is it just that Jose always takes it a step too far? Um, what did he say into the camera? Uh, that'll shut the f- up or something like that. I can't remember what it was. Some, something along those lines with a finger on the lips. I mean, we said that we said similar about Rooney when Rooney was um, punished heavily for the what f in what against West Ham. Um, his last good game for United. Um, but the, the the agenda isn't. I don't think the agenda is specific. I, I do think that United as an institution. Not because everyone hates United, but simply because of the profile Mm -hmm. ends up on the receiving end of it. I mean, it used to be because David Dean was on the board of the FA, but that's not why it is anymore. Um, Yeah. Oh, the Mourinho pinky finger thing is super weird. And they asked him about it in the press conference and he said it's because it's a finger. And then they said, what? No, but why do you do it? And he goes, it's a finger. Like, do you think you're being clever, you silly man? Why is he doing it? What's he doing? Is he like wiggling it at Ed Woodward? Can, this is you. This is you, pal. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, Rafa was about to become the third manager to win at Old Trafford with two different teams. Who are the other two? Ooh. Oh, Ooh. that is a great question. Jose Mourinho? One with Chelsea and with Porto? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tadio Ranieri? Did he win with... Chelsea and Leicester. Leicester, 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 Leicester no, they draws when they Leicester. Yeah. Um, that's a great question, and I have no idea what the answer is. Is the answer there too? No. Oh right. There's no way. There's no way we can leave the listeners hanging. One of them is Jose Mourinho. I don't know who the other one is. Pep. Pep Guardiola. Those. That's some high-profile managers right there. Two managers to beat. United with different teams. Uh, ah, it's not in any of the first immediate uh, results. But anyway, I'm, I'm going to say that both Jose Mourinho and Pep Guardiola have done that because Guardiola beat us with City at Old Trafford and he beat us with... Ah! Uh, uh, no, he drew at Old Trafford with Bayern Munich. Yeah, yeah. It's not Pep Guardiola. We clearly don't know. Tell us the answer. Will you still support United if Brendan Rodgers is the next United manager? <laughs> I'll support them twice as I'll support them twice as hard and three times as much. That would just be so funny. I, look, that's trolling. That's trolling. I, I'm calling that fake news as a hoax. That is just no way. The, the thing is, I know that I do want United to be good and taken seriously in the world. But if we can't be good, we can at least be hilarious, and that would be hilarious. Yes, all right, let's call it the uh, the final question. Uh, worried about Rashford, says Marty McGrath. During the comeback, he was remarkably absent. What are your thoughts about his post-World Cup performances and his future with Jose? Well, he was remarkably absent in part because he was taken off uh, mm. in the six, well, whatever it was, 60-odd minutes or so. Um, but, yeah, sure, I mean, he's. Um, I think he's had a couple of tough years where he's played a lot of bits and pieces of football. Uh, and when he's starting games, he's starting them in wide areas, which is, I don't think, going to be his best um, 
his best uh, final position. You know, he's in a tough spot because uh, Jose wants to play with a, a you know a bigger man up front, and Rashford's hardly going to be back to the defender holding the ball up. So um, you know, he's just going to have to wait it out, perhaps only a few more weeks. Um, <laughs> to see whether the next manager has a different philosophy for him. Of course, uh, some of the uh, nerds would say that uh, this is regression to the mean and uh, he was always overperforming his XG. <laughs> they would, but uh, they've, they've backpedaled hard on the early Rashford shouts, some of those boys. Um, but yeah, the, the, I'm definitely concerned about Rashford's development, but he was our best player against West Ham. I mean, I know it's not saying much, but I think it was the West That's Ham got game. got a fine goal as well. Went. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, no, it wasn't that game. There was some other game where he also, we were terrible and he actually played quite well for most of it. It might have been Valencia, maybe. I can't remember, but it all blends into one, as I said earlier. But, yeah, what a goal against West Ham. So he's, he's got it, hasn't he? All right, uh, that's it for questions for this week. Sorry if I didn't get to you. Um, we've got uh, a game after the international break, the pointless pointless international break against Chelsea. Shall we do a mini preview just in case we don't get to recording a show over the international break? Yeah, and then immediately that's followed by the game against Juve, right? That's that's is that the one that's immediately on the back of well, it can't be a League Cup game, can it? Because we are substantially out of the League Cup. Yeah, so the twentieth we play Chelsea at home away, and then we play Juventus at home immediately after that. So a heck of a double header. Chelsea in really, really, really good form at the moment. Eden Hazard looking like the best player in the Premier League by a country mile, as he does whenever he's on his game. Or whenever he's looking for a new contract. Uh, Rumours coming out today that he, um, Real Madrid want him again. Uh, it's such a fraud hazard. He's, he he's playing uh, great football. <laughs> not, no, no, he's, he's not a fraud. He's a total fraud. He's had about two good seasons in six in England. Oh, God, that is... That, you are like a proper football man. Eden Hazard is... A fraud is someone who isn't as talented as people say he is. Eden Hazard is extraordinarily talented footballer. Cheating his managers, that's what he does. He cheats his managers. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. He does sometimes cheat his managers, no doubt about that. But um, he keeps scoring absolute worldies at the moment. Basically, this game is terrifying in a way that it hasn't been for a, a good long while. I mean, sorry, sorry, sorry Chelsea... Again, like this is why is why does this keep happening at other clubs when they pick managers and the managers go in and really quickly implement like quite intense, complex changes in style and we get Van Hal saying it's gonna take three months for two and a half years or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh well, maybe because other teams have been picking better managers than we have. Just just <laughs> a wild swing at that one. Yeah. I mean he's uh, he he actually uh, sorry said something similar that it was going to take a while uh, and uh, um, he's got them uh, sort of moving along much quicker than that. They're, what, they're, they're second, are they, at the moment? Something like that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Second on and and only on goal difference right. from City. So And, and playing really well. Uh, and they're an attacking side and uh, compared to this, the last season of Conte in charge, it's going to be a breath of fresh air to to uh, Chelsea fans, um, you know, one of the sort of more attacking units they've had in their, what, 14 or 15 year existence, you know, so. The the thing about Sarri's appointment is, you know, you said picked better managers. I mean, across the piece of their careers, 
There's no question that Jose Mourinho has had an insanely more successful managerial career than Sarri, who's literally never won anything. And Jose Mourinho has just won everything everywhere he's gone. But Good point. It's, it's well the, made. But it's the tool for the it's the tool for the job, isn't it? It's the timing, it's it's you know, all these kinds of things. And and um I mean, listen, I know this is like an anathema, but I quite enjoy watching Chelsea. No, sorry. Get it, wash your mouth out. Wash your mouth. <laughs> United, of course, follow- have an absolutely horrible record at uh, Stamford Bridge. Re- really, really dreadful one. Um, and this is Chelsea playing great football. Uh, so obviously, United going to park the bus and win one nil. Obviously, <laughs> Chelsea have got a little bit longer after this game, and the next game is against Bate as well. So they're going to be uh, firing on all cylinders against United. You would expect. Yeah, yeah. Angola Kante. It's, it's definitely not stacked up in United's favour. Uh, what do you think of Angola Kante playing in this like slightly more advanced role? It's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, uh, given that he's such a great uh, defensive player, but you know. He's, all that energy and his ability to move uh, about. And, and he scored goals against us from advanced positions. <laughs> oh, that was so annoying. That was when everyone was talking about Pogba and Kante. And, like, I was all right with Kante being, like, overall his contribution. But then when he scored a worldie as well, that's a bit annoying, isn't it, at that point? Yeah. Uh, but I love N'Golo Kante, and he's the player that I would most want at United in the world. I mean, maybe apart from Lionel Messi, but seriously, it's maybe at this point. <laughs> yeah, so this is going to be a super, super, super tough one. Super tough one. Uh, do you expect United to come out and play like they did uh, in the second half against Newcastle? Because that's what Twitter is telling me. We're back. <laughs> We're back, baby. Um, I do not expect that to be the thing that happens. In fact... Because you're so negative. I, you're just so negative, I, Paul. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I know. Uh, then we play Juventus, who have won eight out of eight games in Syria, and Ronaldo started scoring again. And they've been dis- I mean, we're not going to talk about the Ronaldo thing because the legality of it is extremely unclear. What the legality of talking about it is at this point, and one thing that you definitely don't want to do is um, be part of a narrative around a conversation that a defence lawyer uses to say that fair trial can't be fair. For I, example, I, I, I would. I'm going to imagine that there is. Zero chance of rank cast being brought up in, a, uh, in in some future trial if it ever happens in Las it's Vegas. Un- but you know, it's hey. very, very, very unlikely. But um, Juventus have handled this in a in a appalling way. manner, absolutely appalling yeah. way. So they've made this awful false equivalence. Um, and look, by the way, he may have done something. He may have not done something. I have zero information. I have no idea uh, what it is. Um, uh, although you know, I think we should. Uh, Listen to her story and hear it out, and the the process should be uh, should be, uh, we should go through the process, which is what Juve don't want to do, and they've um, made this equivalence between him being a great sportsman, and therefore he can't have done anything like this, and this is just awful, you know. C yeah. Cosby, Bill, uh, and a whole bunch of other people uh, we were talking about uh, Woody Allen in different <laughs> different uh, thread on the Rankast. WhatsApp group, weren't we? You know, for people who've done great things in their career and could do really things. So that's no defense. Um, and it was just a ridiculous statement from from Twitter. It, interestingly, though, the Ronaldo effect on Juve has been stunning, right? Uh, more than 100% growth in their share price since Ronaldo joined, massive commercial revenue already. You know, it's uh, he's paid for himself. Yeah, and, and this is and this is why they're behaving like that. It doesn't make it any less despicable. 
No. Um, on the pitch, they're a they're better than United. <laughs> I think. I think in in any measurable sense. I mean, say whatever you want about Serie A. They're the only team in Serie A to have a hundred percent record by by a good long way. Um, they are banging in goals, hardly conceding any so far in the Champions League. Um, they've uh, they had the they beat Valencia and they beat Young Boys. So you know, uh, comfortably beat Valencia away from home, and I, I like I, I would be very surprised if United win either of these two games. To be honest, uh, in fact, let's do predictions just in case. I'm going to predict a three-one uh, loss to Chelsea, with apologies to Karl Anker, and a two-nil loss to Juventus. Oh, I mean, Juve have played one, two, three. Seven, eight, nine, ten games this season, and won all of them. Yes, it's a bit kind of worrying this, but it is Old Trafford, and the crowd will be behind United, and Mourinho will be telling the (laughs) telling the fake news media to. uh, I think he's talking about us, Ed. It might be. I I reckon he's probably someone on uh, Twitter told me that. if if Mourinho listened to you, you know he he'd just give up. I'm like, hmm. I'm pretty sure he doesn't. <laughs> no, absolutely not. All right. Well, listen. Um, I, did, sorry, I didn't predict, but yeah, we're going to lose twice. Sorry to everyone who hates us now because we don't like Jose Mourinho. We love you anyway, um, and we'll be back with another one of these. We might do something during the international break, but that's going to depend on personal circumstances. Um, and otherwise, we'll be back. Uh, after probably after the Juve game, I guess. Yeah. Because trying to squeeze this one in in between, we'll be back after the Juve game to discuss Nadine Zidane's new arrival at Manchester United. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and in the meantime, you can catch me on Twitter at United Rant. You can catch Paul on Twitter because he's a lurker. Uh, this is a can, by the uh, way. I was going to say you can look at our Facebook page for this zero point. Uh, do oh no, I put I put a little comment on every Rankcast post. Oh, yeah, wow. I put a little a little comment. I think after the the West Ham game, I said, "Why do we still do this stupid show?" Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Good question. Good question. Yeah. Um, you can rate us in uh, the iTunes. Um, this podcast, is, don't ask like, them. Don't ask them to do that this week. <laughs> like every, one star. They just hate Mourinho, the idiots. Uh, by the way, Rankcast with five stars is rated higher than the Manchester United app. Different media, but you know, with only four point nine stars. So up yours, Ed Woodward. <laughs> exactly, Ed. Ed Rankcast in. Ed Woodward out. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, see you next week. See you then. Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast, which was, as always, brought to you by the people who choose to back us at patreon.com slash rantcast. Uh, if you choose to back us at $5 a month plus VAT every month, which you are under absolutely no obligation to do, but if you want to, um, you'll get a bit of bonus content every month. We do this so that we don't have to take advertising from people who we don't like. Um, this week, we decided to have a conversation, given that John Terry has just retired. Uh, we thought we'd had a conversation about the best English defender of his generation, Rio Ferdinand. But, you know, the, the, the kind of cynical nature of a part of United's fan base was part of that, and the kind of unpleasant nature of some of that. But also, 
Ferdinand was not the finished article yet. He could still... I mean, this was the big knock against him, wasn't it? Was lapses in concentration. It was like this big thing. He was regularly accused of having lapses in concentration. Um, and, and, and it was real. He did have... And United kind of struggled. And, of course, there was the the biggest lapse of concentration of all was when uh, he went shopping instead of going to his drugs test in September 2003. Yeah, um, very true. I, I mean, I still feel he was hard done by, not, not least because of uh, precedent at the time with... Uh, um, other players having done similar things, missing drug tests, and and the fact that United tried so so hard to get the test retaken the same day, and there, and it was one of those kind of jobs worth moments when the the testers refused to do it. Of course, now athletes are allowed to miss um, uh, uh, drug tests. And uh, you know they can blame failure of what about? Uh, sorry, I was going to say what about um, uh, whereabouts information in order to do that. And they, they ha- I think they have a three strikes and you're out rule, and before they get a ban. But um, uh, the the FA came down really hard. WADA, the uh, anti drug uh, drug offending organisation, pushed for a two year ban, saying that that was uh, you know the proper punishment. So. Uh, he instead got eight months and a fine, missed Euro 2004. It was a heck of a punishment for uh, what everyone, I think, except for the most cynical ABUs, um, understands was a, a, an honest, if stupid, mistake.